They're through to the decider again. Battle lines are being drawn in Western Sydney ahead of this weekend's NRL Grand Final between the Penrith Panthers and the Parramatta Eels. We're still five days away from kickoff, but the full house sign has already gone up for the NRL Grand Final. More than 80,000 fans will pack into Acor Stadium on Sunday night. Well, grand Final fever is spreading across the West with thousands of Panthers fans right now packing into Blue Bet Stadium for an open training session. Hello everyone, I'm Troy Dodds and welcome along to this very special Western Weekender podcast as we preview the 2022 NRL Grand Final. Um, incredibly, the third straight Grand Final podcast that uh, that we've done as the Panthers chase back-to-back premierships in what is their third Grand Final. I'm joined by Western Weekender Rugby League reporter Nathan Taylor. G'day, Nathan. G'day, Troy. What a week. We're back. <laughs> we are indeed. It's been a big week. It has. We uh, Who would have thought we'd be back for three Grand Finals in a row? We just put out an amazing edition of the Western Weekender uh, this week that I hope the fans really enjoy. Yes, and talking of that edition, we're going to kind of use that as our agenda because it pretty much does paint the picture of the week and we start of course um, last Saturday night the Panthers through to the grand final after beating the Bunnies Um, let's look at the final series in general a little bit of an easier run you could say uh, this year winning in week one getting the break in week two winning in week three but gee that was a a few nervous moments (laughs) against the Bunnies certainly was down uh, 12 nil about 35 gone in the first half I'm sure not only myself, but the rest of the, the Panthers faithful were getting a little bit nervous there until it started to turn around with, with the Appy try and obviously the, the Brian To'o brilliance there. But um, yeah, there was some nervous moments in that first half. Definitely the first time I turned to uh, a few of my friends in the stand and said, <laughs> we are in some trouble. <laughs> yes. Uh, first time this season, I think I've, I've said that. Because I think on the other games that we lost, you just accept that's part of the process. Losing is part yeah. of the, the process. But it was a game you couldn't lose. Exactly right. It wasn't going well. Yeah, no, exactly right. That's 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 it. You win, you're in. You 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 lose, you're out. And um, there was so much on the line. But um, credit to the boys for for sticking in there, remaining patient, even though everything went you know against them with with the bunker and certain other calls. It just wasn't going well for them in that first half an hour. But uh, they managed to, to get it done. Well done on you as well for uh, giving us the first credit to the boys in um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. the no grand worries. final. Just getting in nice <laughs> and early. All right, let's start by having a look at uh, at what's happened this week. And of course, on uh, Tuesday, we had a big fan day. You were there um, mm. out at Bluebet Stadium. Definitely more than the para fan day. Yeah, uh, definitely. You've, you've declared. Mm-hmm. I noticed that there is a little bit of that going around today. There's more para fans at this, and there's more people. Like, I think we'll just worry about what happens on the field. But anyway, um, <laughs> big event there on Tuesday. What was it like? What was the atmosphere like? What were the players like on Tuesday? Yeah, so the atmosphere was unreal. Uh, so basically, they, they opened up the, the Bluebet Stadium for all Panthers fans to get down and being school holidays there was lots of um, families and kids and, and parents and everyone wanted to get down to, to get a glimpse of the boys uh, so the training kicked off at 10.30 and the, the rain sort of stayed away which was good it was there initially but nothing nothing major uh, training kicked off at 10.30 the, the stands were really packed out with a lot of fans they, they, they were estimating like six and, a, six and a half thousand fans were there on a, on a midweek uh, training session in the morning which was really cool to see uh, so Ivan and uh, the coaching staff Staff, put the the boys through their paces out in the field very light training drills nothing too serious uh, and then following that um, yeah the boys gave up their time and went around the the sort of perimeter of the the blue bet stadium pitch and met fans signed autographs and uh, got some selfies which they weren't able to do in the last couple of years let's talk about uh, popularity I know Stuart Ayres was there <laughs> yes, and yes. he was signing autographs um, and taking selfies he but was. I'm guessing he wasn't the most popular uh, person there so who, who was who was winning the popularity stakes with the fans uh, so obviously I'll, I'll start with uh with with Tail and May believe it or not um, uh, yep. he, he didn't participate in much of the training. He did a couple of light little runs there with some of the some of the uh, coaching staff. But um, as soon as he was finished with that, he was sort of the first player over, and they were just ever all the kids and everyone was just calling calling his name, and he spent ages, half an hour, forty five minutes, just trying to get around to everyone, getting photos with people. It was it was really lovely. Um, you know, it was a bit of a surprise because you know you see all these things about Taylor out in the media in recent months and weeks, but um, the fans still love him and the kids still love him, which sort of you know warmed the heart a bit. Uh, but of course, Nathan Cleary was also the uh, the big uh, draw card for fans. Um, 
I was out on the field with our photographer at the time and uh, just sort of lurking in the background behind him and all the kids and everyone were calling out, Nathan, Nathan. I was turning around. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> no, nah, but they weren't calling my name. So, yeah, he was uh, he was really popular. He, he got around to as many people as he could and, um, you know, security tried to, you know, get him to move along eventually because they had other commitments to do. They had media interviews to do over at the academy and they're like, well, we've got to get the players out of here and, and off to other things. But he actually just batted them away a few times and said, no, nah, no. Nah, and just kept on going, gave his shirt away, and he, he was unbelievable. So definitely they were, they were some of the most popular players down there. Now you mentioned then, of course, it was off to the other uh, media interviews um, over at the academy. Uh, you spoke to a few of the players. Uh, let's start with Brian Tao, because you spoke to him about that, uh, that freakish try <laughs> uh, late in the first half against the Bunnies. Um, how do you feel Brian um, is, is feeling this week? He seems uh, his usual self. Yeah, he was he was really good. Every, after every interview, um, he was basically, oh, that's enough, guys. I'm finished. I'm finished. They were like, no, no, Brian. He was only kidding, but he did it to everyone. It was like <laughs> so many people wanted him, but he was like, he was just playing with people. And that was that's sort of his attitude. But I asked, I asked Bizzer, I said, uh, uh, honestly, I think that was one of the most important tries in Panthers history. I mean, not only because it was so spectacular, but just what it meant, you know. It was so pivotal in, in getting that team back into the game and, and ultimately going on to win. And, and he just told me he just didn't think he was going to make it. Like, he, he honestly, he was that stuffed and tired that he thought he'd get 10 steps and he'd be done. But fortunately, he had that fend and pushed off Cody Walker and everyone else ran into each other, Stephen Bradbury style, down the end of the <laughs> field. And, and he managed to get it done. But he did say he, his teammates in the sheds at halftime did, did uh, you know, give it to him because they didn't think he'd get there either. Well, Brian's had an interesting year, of course. Uh, a bit of injury at the, at the start of the year. Yeah. Probably didn't... Uh, necessarily have the the flashes of brilliance that he'd had in previous years. It was still producing the the meters every single week, but of yeah. course, in more recent weeks, um, against the Eels and then against the Rabbits last week, he really we're getting back to that Brian Toe that we know the, the guy who burrows to the line and yeah. uh, the fan favorite player. So he's in he's in good form at the right time of the year. He, he's come really good at the right time of the year, as you said. The last couple of months, he's just gone from strength to strength, and he's, he's scoring tries and. He's putting fear in oppositions and stuff like that. He's just, yeah, you can tell he's got his confidence back and uh, hopefully he's got one more big game in him on Sunday. Now, another player you spoke to was the the, the player on everyone's lips at the moment, <laughs> yes. and that is Dylan Edwards. Now, um, for us here at the paper and anyone who supports Penrith, I mean, uh, we, we've known the virtues of Dylan Edwards for, for quite some time. We also know that it wasn't so long ago that he was having a, a tough time and spent mm. some weeks in, in reserve grade. But it seems like the rest of the rugby league world has really only <laughs> woken up to Dylan Edwards in the last six or eight weeks. Um, even the last week in some cases uh, when he finally uh, he got the win there and, and we finally silenced the Latrell Mitchell um, <laughs> obsession from, from the media. And, and don't get me wrong, I think Latrell is a, is a great player. But gee, the... The obsession with Latrell was pretty significant when you had a fullback across from him that was was pretty much outdoing him in every possible statistic yeah. in Dylan Edwards, and proved that again on uh, on Saturday night against the Bunnies. Um, how is Dylan Edwards coping with the seemingly newfound attention? <laughs> well, funny you say that, Troy. Just before we came on air, I had a look at our website views for for, for this week, and my Dylan Edwards story has the most views. Well, there you uh, go. Believe it or not, I've done you know all these. We've done all these yarns, and yep. that, that's that's leading the way. Believe it or not, so. That just shows how popular Dill is. But, um, yeah, he's just plain old Dill. Like, I've never seen a different side of him. He's just... He's just, he goes about his business. He's, he's a little bit shy. He's a little bit, you know, timid in front of the cameras. But um, that's just his personality. He's just a down-to-earth guy. He doesn't want to talk himself up like like Latrell does a lot. Like, Latrell's a great player. But um, they're just completely opposite in the way they go about their business. And um, I think that's sort of the appeal for Dylan. He, he just does what he does on the field. And, and you know, that's that, that, that's that, that's that do all the talking. So, now nah, he was good this week. I said to him, you know, this time last year, he, he, was, he had a broken foot. We yep. didn't actually know about it at the time, but he said to me, he goes, yeah, I didn't train all week. The only time I got a run was uh, at the, the captain's training session um, beforehand. He passed the fitness test, and that was it. So um, the rest of the time he was in a moon boot. But, yeah, a year is a, a long time in footy, and, and now he's, he's perfectly healthy and fine. I'll tell you one of the funny things about Dylan Edwards that I think just sums, <laughs> sums him up yeah. um, as, as a player as well in that, we do know that that he's everywhere. Eddie's everywhere on the field. He's a very calm player. He, he's an effort player. Yeah. But off the field, you know, when it comes to like the Merv Cartwright medal or the Dally M's, <laughs> he looks like he's, he's he's got a suit off the rack at Tarot Cash or, or Lowe's. He looks like he does not go to a barber that charges more than $20 for a haircut. And that's what I love about all these other players these days. They're all with their fancy yeah. barbers and suits that are making a statement. But... Um, 
any other look like he's got time for that. Maybe with two young daughters, he, he doesn't. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, he's just uh, just a down to earth guy, like I said. And um, yeah, I, th- I can see that's why everyone loves him so much. The, the, the appeal is, is is very great with him. Very similar dress sense to me. And, uh, uh, yeah. formal formalities anyway. Sure. Uh, let's talk about Mitch Kenny. You should spoke to him as well. Now, Mitch Kenny is an interesting one because I'll tell you what, there was... I, I wrote a preview that never went to print at, at one point during the year <laughs> right. um, because I think that something must have happened. Maybe Mitch got injured or dropped or something that week. Mitch yes. did spend a couple of weeks he in, did, in reserve yes. grade. Where I was really questioning what we were doing with Mitch Kenny and, and what the point of Mitch Kenny in this team was in that we were... We were kind of using him as a to come on for Appy, and then he was randomly in the front row, and then it was like we just didn't know what to do with this yeah, guy. But yeah. the, the Ivan Cleary was keen to have him in there, and as the year has progressed, and maybe this is, you know, the, the brilliance of Ivan Cleary. But as the years progressed, we, we, the team seems to have figured it out. This is where Mitch Kenny's role role is. So he, of course, has been around the last couple of yeah. years, but not actually played in, exactly. in the grand final. He will get his chance. He may well start. We probably won't know that until. 6.30 Sunday night, but um, how do you how do you feel like Mitch Kenny is feeling this week? He's the one you spoke to who hasn't been there and done this before. Yeah, he's he's absolutely stoked. He's He, he can't wait to, to play in his first grand final. He said he's, all his family and everyone is so proud of him and they're all going to be there on Sunday night, but he didn't want to actually talk to many of them this week because he didn't want to get the the emotion to, to get to him too much. He seems like the sort of player that he's quite you know confident and, and happy and excited now, but he said to me that you know, later on in the week I'm probably going to get really nervous about about Sunday but um, yeah he, he's he's really pumped to be there you're right he missed out in 2020 he was sort of just new to the team back then 2021 he played in the final series but got injured in that Eels game um, he had to be carted off and it was a big controversy because yep. Pete Green stopped the game so he missed the, the grand final then and yeah he's finally made it now and hopefully he, uh, he gives it a red hot crack on Sunday how do you feel this week? I mean, you're at, um, you interview these players pretty much week in, week out uh, yep. through the season. Did they seem different at all this week? I mean, there was obviously a lot more journalists there. Sometimes you're yeah. the only one over there yeah, at, at yeah, these yeah. media sessions. But um, did they seem different? Did they seem affected by it? Or are they handling it pretty well? Oh, look, honestly, I think they're, they're handling it really well. You wouldn't even know that there's a, there's a grand final on this week. That's the way I was sort of... Um, got the impression, you know, yep. I'm like, guys, you made the third straight grand final. It was just like blank faces. They're just like, they're that focused on the job. And I guess you could sort of see that at the end of the game last Saturday you night could, where yeah. there was, you know, they were happy and they were, they were happy and, and celebratory, but not like previous years where it was just like sheer relation and jumping for joy. And maybe that's, you know, not saying they're getting used to making, you know, grand finals or anything like that, but maybe they just know deep down that, yep, yeah, we still got one more. Uh, big game to go and and that sort of thing but yeah they've all been really um really calm really professional and they've been here before so they, they know what to expect now um let's go away from the the current players then they're the three that you spoke to during the week we've seen a lot of interviews a lot of players this week yes. um, and if you've consumed all of the media you've probably seen everyone spoken to at some point this week but what about former players i'm always intrigued in, in former players and how they get involved i saw a great photo of reese wesser with uh, with Peter Wynn, uh, and Reese was wearing his 2003 Premier shirt. Oh, he still uh, has so it. Still got it, and oh, very proudly wearing it this week. <laughs> uh, I spoke to Tony Pulitua during the week. That's uh, that story is on our website and also in the paper this week. Tony's very excited. He's pumped. Yeah, he's pumped that he's uh, participating in a grand final luncheon uh, the Panthers are putting on on Friday. Um, in addition to that, you've had Craig Gower out in the media this <laughs> yeah. week. Uh, he's blowing up about his Dally M that, <laughs> so uh, he should. that we all know he, he should have. Uh, we've got Mark Geyer, of course, he's doing a, a brunch, I think, um, uh, at Panthers on Saturday. It is great to see the former players um, involved because they're just as excited uh, this week. Um, they probably won't get as involved, I guess, with the team, yeah. uh, but certainly involved around the club. Yeah, and that's that's what happens when you've obviously got um, you know premiership winners over the years. That you know, that, you know, we only last one we run was in obviously last year before that two thousand and three. So there's a lot of those guys still around the traps and, and still involved in rugby league and wanting to you know be a part of it. And it's great that the club's been able to call upon these guys to, to get involved, and they love it. You can just tell. Just I did an interview yesterday with, with Scott Sattler for his radio show yep. on SEN, and and he's just pumped as well. And and you know he, we all know what he did in two thousand and three. And yeah, it's just it's just great to see that um, you know all the former players are, are getting in on it as well. Absolutely, and I think they wanted to speak to some players from Parramatta's last premiership, but uh, <laughs> lockdown restrictions and whatever with the retirement homes, yeah, very very difficult. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, let's talk about the coaches. Uh, of course, Ivan Cleary versus mm. Brad Arthur, and it's funny. Um, 
Brett Arthur hasn't coached as many games as, as Ivan Cleary, but it's almost a bit of a role reversal in some ways in that Ivan was the coach under pressure to finally win a premiership yeah. for all this time because he was the the, the longest-serving coach you know, yeah. out there in the NRL without having won a comp. Now, the pressure's off Ivan. He's won the premiership. The pressure's really on Brad Arthur. We'll talk about Brad in a minute, but as for Ivan, um, pretty cool karma collector this week, it has seemed. Um, not a lot of attention on him. Uh, but it, it's pretty special. It's actually his 200th game uh, oh, that's coaching awesome. for Penrith on uh, Sunday. Um, where does this put Ivan Cleary in terms of NRL coaches if he if he manages to go back-to-back? Oh, that's, that's a real hot question there, Troy. I didn't expect you to ask me that one. But um, in the current, current group of coaches... In the current group? Oh, look, I think he's already in the top three, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, without putting them in any order, it's, you know... Cleary, Bellamy, Robinson, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, Bennett, I mean, it's coming back next year, but we, he hasn't won a comp since, you know, 20, 2010 or 2011 or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, I think he's definitely in the conversation in those top three players for sure. I think that the thing with Ivan as well is that uh, the, the great thing about Ivan is that this is very much a he's finishing what he started scenario. Yeah. You know, he obviously came to the club at a difficult time, been tagged as a development coach for so long. Uh, so I think certainly a, a just reward that he's experiencing the success that he is now. But yeah, he'll be the uh, only the second coach in the uh, the NRL era to go back to back if he manages that on the weekend. And uh, yeah, certainly. Um, well, I think we, we've already declared him yeah. as Penrith's greatest ever coach. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think he sits there as Penrith's greatest ever coach. And I know there's still critics. Uh, I don't know why there's still <laughs> critics, but there's still critics out there. You know, it's all about the team he has. Of course it is. I mean, that's the case for any coach yeah, of course. out there. So, uh, but definitely, I think um, he, he's at the top. I will just say as well, how he does not win Dally M Coach of the Year <laughs> is actually pretty ridiculous because it's one of the great premiership defences um, of all time, really, yeah, yeah. Um, considering in the modern era, all of the difficulties with an origin drain that most clubs have not experienced, only a few clubs really have experienced yeah. in the NRL era, got through it. Winning, yeah, wins a minor premiership yeah. by by you know the length of the straight, pretty much wrapped up without his star player there for that <laughs> bit. Like it's ridiculous to be honest. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's just too of a safer pick for for whoever picks these awards. And uh, you know, you know, in previous years, you know, Craig Bellamy should have won half a dozen of these Coach of the Year awards, and he never did. So I guess Ivan Cleary is getting that same treatment at the moment. But uh, you know, I'm sure he doesn't mind too much as long as he gets another ring on Sunday. Well, you can't give it to the uh, the minor Premiership winning coach every year. I get that. Yeah. That, that would be pointless. Yeah. Uh, you do look at circumstances, but I just look at the circumstances sure. and go, Ivan, he's still ahead of um, of Todd Payton and whatnot. But yes, I don't think Ivan will, will mind all that much that he no. doesn't have to clear <laughs> the... Uh, the, uh, the mantle uh, at, his, at his house for that. Let's talk Brad Arthur mm. as far as the Eels are concerned. Now, Brad Arthur at different points during the year has been gone. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. Even in even during the final series was under this enormous pressure in relation to um, a division that appears to be happening within the club. That division doesn't appear to be happening with this NRL team, though. Mm. Um, the players seem to be behind Brad Arthur and, and they've played well for him in the last few weeks. Where, where do you think Brad Arthur is at here in terms of... <laughs> You know, is it just an achievement to make the grand final yeah. with this Parramatta team? Um, or has he got to win a comp to almost save his job still, which seems a bizarre conversation yeah, to be yeah. having. Look, I think he definitely keeps his job. I think a grand final um, will definitely, um, you know, certify that. But I'm just looking at a photo of him now. And yeah. just with Brad Arthur, I just always get like a bit of a deer in the headlights sort of vibe. Like, <laughs> Well, he admitted that last week. He's like, I don't know what I'm yeah, doing this week. I know. Yeah, and I, know. I watch his press conferences every week because we always have to write about uh, power in our para newspaper as well. And, yep. uh, you know, he's a, he seems like a really lovely guy. But I just wonder if he's just got that extra bit in him to, to get his side across the line this Sunday. You're coming against Ivan Clear, who's been there, what, this is his fourth grand final now, third yep. with Penrith, and uh, you know, Ivan just seems like he's, he's very switched on, knows what to do, whereas Arthur, I mean, he, you know, I'm sure he'll give it a great hot go, and He'll do his best, but can he outsmart Cleary in his uh, sensational coaching team? I'm just not sure. But in terms of uh, Arthur keeping his job past this year, I think that's definitely a lock because um, you know not many people out there expect Parramatta to beat Penrith on Sunday. So yeah, just getting there is an, an achievement in itself. But uh, stranger things can happen. So anything can happen in Grand Final. That's right. All right, let's talk about the game uh, first of all, and the uh, and the teams now. Penrith, no surprise with the team that got named on Tuesday. We didn't really expect Taylor May to overcome that hamstring problem. Yeah. So he misses out, which is unfortunate for Taylor given the season he's had. But but a good reward for Charlie Staines, who has been thereabouts for the last couple <laughs> yes. of years and 
um, you know, obviously no longer um, one of our top choice wingers. Uh, but deserves the grand final shot given how much footy he's played. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm really happy for, for Charlie. He, he burst on the scene a couple of years ago, and uh, you know, he, he he certainly had his his chances over the years. And he 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 started the season, and and he, he filled in when and Brian Toto was out injured for for those few weeks there, and you know. You know he has his his issues, of course, like all players do, and and, and all wingers can have sort of defensive issues and and, and mishaps and, and time, from time to time. But um, he's stuck in there. He, he went back to cup. He didn't kick stones. He played fullback. He played wing. He did whatever he could to, you know, prove to Ivan that he could um, be called upon again. And and he and he has been. And we got we got to see him the other day. And, and he was should have scored a try according to Graham. Well, Adams that's week. right. He scored a try. That's yeah. it. He scored a try the other day. And and you know I think he this will mean so much to him that he's he's been given a shot you know Ivan hasn't just mixed the team around and put Stephen Crichton at the wing and mm. and filled it around with the with the centers and that sort of thing he, he's put trust in Charlie and and I think Charlie's gonna you know have a big game on Sunday and hopefully you know prove everyone wrong and prove that he does deserve to be there on grand final day it was a few weeks ago now I think it might have been even the South game um, in round 2023 20, or 24 23 I think yeah that Ivan first started this little experiment with Mitch Kenny <laughs> yeah. uh, starting the game Appy off the off the bench yeah um, now, as expected, Appy has been named in the nine, Mitch Kenny in the 14. This is a, a repeat of last year where, mm. where Billy Army Kickout kept being named in yeah. the starting side every week, but dropping back to the bench. I actually think that the victory last week may hide the fact that that experiment was in some trouble mm. last Saturday night. Um, and I would prefer that we do start with Appy on grand yeah. final night. Do you think it will happen, uh, or do you think we will go with the what, what has actually generally worked uh, results-wise anyway? Yeah, the last yeah. Period? Yeah, look, I, I think I think they will start with Appy uh, on Sunday. Okay. We just I don't, shake up. I just don't think Ivan can risk you know going down again twelve nil or whatever because Parramatta can score points and they can yep. you know um, you know get going if they want to and I just don't think he can risk that and you know as we saw the other day as soon as Appy came on instant impact he scored the first try. Uh, and got us back into the game. So he's just that important. I mean, you know, who knows what Ivan's going to do at the end of the day. But, you know, for me, I think Happy Coruscant is one of our, you know, top three best players in the team. I, I love everything he does. We're going to miss him so much next year. And, yeah, I just think he deserves to, to have that spot. I mean, they've got Reid Marnie. He's, you know, he's up yeah. there as well as one of the best hookers in the game. So you really got to, you know, really got to match them on that. And, uh, yeah, I think Happy Coruscant has to start on Sunday. And it's pretty obvious Parramatta plans to go through the middle um, and really try and knock the front door down. Now, you could say, well, let's take Appy out of that initial hit, but I'd rather have Appy in there to try and uh, to try and counter that yeah. um, when Penrith are in attack. So, yeah, I, I tend to agree that we may well start Appy, but... Definitely no surprise if um, if Ivan does uh, go with what he's done for the last few weeks. Now, what about this Parramatta team? Um, and, and I always feel like in grand final week, the team that is less um, muddled, confused, has question marks about it, mm. is probably going to win. Mm. And I think that team is definitely Penrith this week because this mm. Eels team, Nathan Brown randomly called back in. He's Hasn't back. been sighted off nobbies for about two months. It was, yeah. Maybe three months. Yeah. Randomly brought back in for a grand final. <laughs> Yep. Uh, off the interchange bench, as I mentioned, with clearly the intent that, that Parra think this is one in the forwards. Um, Jake Arthur, on the bench. Look, Jake Arthur is a, a fine young player. He is literally there to cover Mitchell Moses in the event that something happened. You are literally running a 16-player rotation yeah. because Brad Arthur didn't get on against the Cowboys last yeah. week. Only got on against Penrith because Mitchell Moses had a HIA. Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you think about this Parramatta team um, <laughs> and the uncertainty surrounding it? And of course, the other thing, of course, Bailey Simonson Simonson um, in the centres with um, Tom Opacek. Yeah, look, it's um, obviously it's a it, it's a it's a good team, but you know there there are better teams out there that didn't make the grand final. Put it that way. I think Penrith's obviously I'm biased, but I think Penrith do have the best uh, team and squad in the NRL. And I just look at that Parramatta team, and while it's it's a solid team, is it the second best team in the, in the competition? I'm not sure. Uh, they certainly have done extremely well to get to where they are, um, especially you know with some of those players in that team. You know we, we've seen a lot of those players play for Penrith over the years, and 
you know, and, and it's just it's crazy that they're now going to be playing against Penrith in a in a grand final. But um, sure, they've got some some big names there. You know, you, you likes of you Clint Guthersons and your Moses and your Campbell Gillards and and Sean Lane's just been you know tearing the the league apart of late. But um, look, we just have to go back to to what happened. You know, like three weeks ago now when when Penrith played Parramatta, and it was just you could just see you know the cream rose to the top in that game eventually, and. Um, yeah, well done for Para for, for for making it this far. And as I said, they could pull a rabbit out of their hat on, on Sunday and shock everyone. But uh, I just don't see it at the moment. It's interesting what you mentioned there about Penrith beating Para uh, two or three weeks ago, because Para fans um, and, and even you know followers of the game out there who are trying to figure out who's going to win are still harping on the fact that <laughs> Parramatta won the two games earlier in the year. Yes. Uh, and that is true. They're, they've beaten Penrith. And, and whether that is actually a roadmap to how you met I don't really believe that that's a lot, how that, that A lot went on in those operates. two games, and they were a long time ago. We've got to remember well. that... Let's, I reckon you can wipe one game completely. Nathan Cleary gets sent oh, off... Oh, yeah, that's done. Um, in, in ...early in the first half, where the game is probably... Parramatta may be slightly on top, but who knows what would have happened. But the that team that, that Penrith ran out that day, there was no clear, or there was clear, but he was gone yeah. early on. There was no, no Jerome Lewis, no James Fisher-Harris. Yeah. Now, then you go back to the one... Stephen the, Crichton, I don't think, was there either. He yeah, had he his, just had his, the issue with issue, the, the yeah, Sharks. So, yeah. Then you go back to the game earlier in the year where, where Penrith lost by two points, uh, 22-20. Nathan Cleary had an awful night with the boot. <laughs> he did. Uh, just a random awful night. Both teams scored four tries. That was the game, too, that I think Jerome Luai uh, shouldn't have played. He was he was sick all week. was in hospital, I think it came right, out, yeah. but he was in I hospital. I don't think Ivan coached that uh, game Ivan either. didn't coach the game. Like, it was all, like, yeah. we just need to, I think, realise that um, I don't think form from rounds during the season really plays much role. And Penrith were on, like, an eight or nine game winning streak, and eventually, you know, those yeah. sort of things come to an end, and... Yeah, I, I well, agree. I'd most, I think the most important game to look at was the one just a few weeks ago. That 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 tells the real true story. Now, how do we think the game is going to unfold? Um, I I think that I actually think Penrith can win this game similarly to how Melbourne won the mm. uh, the twenty twenty grand final. I think you do as well. Yeah. You could see a path to that occurring, which is that Penrith just blow them out of the water in the first twenty five minutes, and I can see that legitimately happening. I don't believe I'm speaking from a Penrith bias viewpoint. <laughs> Because I've, you run through the scenarios in your head, and the other scenario is that we go down 12 nil again. Yeah. But um, how do you think it's going to play? What's the most likely setup for you on oh, Sunday night? Look, I, I would love it for it to play out that way. How good would that be? Just to just to have a bit of a relaxation mode for you know for a little bit in the first half where we you know where we do come out firing. I just don't know. Just Troy. Just every time Penrith play Parramatta, there's no matter what happens, it's it's always so tight and edgy seat sort of stuff so you can I can just see both things happening um you know I can see it being a, a game right down to the 60th 70th minute before something breaks and, and something happens or or yeah we could just put the foot down in the first half and and, and be a bit relaxed at halftime I just don't know what Parramatta have in them we haven't seen them yeah. in a grand final before we just I just don't know what what they're what they're going to do are they going to be you know different to what we've seen them in the finals um finals just before or yeah, it's, it's a mystery, but um, look, I can see both scenarios playing out, to be honest. If I'm a Parramatta fan, I'll be honest, I, I, can, still, I can see a path to victory. Yeah, um, what's, you know, that? what's well, that path? Well, well, I look at it that, yeah, if they can figure out how to not give Nathan Cleary the time that they gave him in, in, the, first, mm-hmm. um, in the first week, then clearly there is, a, there is a path there because their pack you know, has been impressive throughout the year. And we've even seen the, the try-scoring ability of, yeah. of, of their pack at different times this year because they can literally just go straight through you and, and, and shell-shock you a little bit. Um, I can see a path, but I don't think it'll happen uh, because what I think is similar to last week where people were saying, look, South can beat Penrith, but if that happens, Latrell Mitchell needs to deliver a yeah. 10 out of 10 yeah. game and Cody Walker needs to deliver a 10 out of 10 game. Neither did. Same situation this week. You need Clint Gutherson to be producing a 10 out of 10 game and Mitchell Moses to be yep. producing a 10 out of 10 game. Um, and then Penrith still be off a little bit. Yeah. And, and I'm, just, I'm not sure that that's, that's how it's going to unfold. Um, and you just think that does the old, you need to have lost one to win one, come into it for Parramatta. Yeah. I mean, they've even admitted through Brad Arthur during the week that, oh, we don't know what we're doing. They haven't been through this before. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Is that what they said today? Well, Brad Br- Arthur said that in his post-match presser. He, <laughs> yeah, said, he said, well, I, I've never been here before, so I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> and uh, look, it was an honest, flippant sure. comment, but it's actually pretty true of the yeah. week. Um, 
you know, Penrith, this is definitely the busiest grand final week Penrith's experience because of COVID in, in recent times. But at least Penrith are built to that through yeah. being involved in big games. Um, more than half a dozen players in origin um, in, in the biggest stage yeah. Uh, this yeah. year. No one's going to get overawed from the Penrith perspective. Yeah, I just think the biggest thing we haven't even mentioned is is Penrith's defence. That's yes. you know that that that's key. I think you know to, to we only let in two tries last week in yep. the first half. The second half we were perfect, uh, and then the, the other finals game we played, we, we let in the the one try to to Parramatta, and and that was it. Whereas I know Parramatta sort of you know blew away Canberra there in the second week, but. Uh, last week they let in, you know, three or so tries uh, against Penrith. They let in uh, four tries. So, you know, the defence certainly isn't up standard as uh, as ours is, and I think that that is the key. Whether um, you know that we can score more points or, or whatever, I think that uh, that our defence at the end of the day just needs to, you know, be just as yeah. good as it has been for the first uh, for the first we, twenty five rounds. We, we said this last year as well. The irony of the NRL. And it's 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 attempts to try and make this game all about attack mm-hmm. in recent times. You set restarts or whatever. It is better at just defending their way to titles, which is what happened last yeah. year, no question. And it's um it's happened again this year. This year, Penrith conceded uh, three hundred and thirty points, um, which is pretty incredible when you consider there was a couple of games there we didn't score a point against Melbourne yeah. um, in that in that later game, and we got. Towed up by the Cowboys in the last round when yeah, we, when so we rested take, the whole you know, squad. Take 40 odd points off that. Yeah. Parramatta conceded 489 points yeah. this season. Yeah. And and can I say, and I think this is a, an, an interesting stat, they conceded more points than anyone else in the top eight. <laughs> really? Okay. Parramatta this year stat. conceded 489 points. Canberra, who finished eighth, conceded 461. <laughs> um, the Rabbits, wow. you know, had a pretty ordinary defensive year at times, conceded 474. So. It is a pretty remarkable stat yeah. uh, when you think about it. Now, obviously, Parramatta's attack is is right up there. Um, you know, they scored six hundred eight points this yeah. year. Penrith scored six thirty six. But yeah, that that defensive stat um, could be all you need, really, as far as deciding where this. Where and this I is think that's go. where Penrith's key focus will be. They'll they'll back their their attack as well. If their defence is good, they'll get those attacking opportunities. And we saw they they, they just shut out teams. You know, in the first half, yeah, sure, it's it's you know. It's one end to the other sort of stuff, but in the second half, South didn't even really get close to to scoring. You know, the the other day, they just didn't. They just limit the opportunities so well uh, for teams, especially when the second half rolls around. So hopefully, they can do that again. Let's talk about a few side points to this. Um, let's hope that this game is not decided by uh, a word starting with B, mm-hmm. uh, being the bunker. Um, <laughs> which you know what, and you know this, I, I'm a. I'm a reasonable fan of the bunker. I, I I like the bunker concept, but I look at it and I just go, I think we're making just as many mistakes as we made with a bloke up in the grandstand <laughs> looking at an old TV screen that was yeah, flickering yeah, around. Yeah. Like it's like two tri- two Penrith tries that should have been awarded last weekend. You can even cop the first one as a judgment call, a, a bad judgment yeah, call yeah. on the obstruction, and and you Graham Anderson's explanation on Monday. On that Charlie Staines try and the James Fisher Harris Jerome Luai um, interaction in obstruction was really really good and hopefully referees could and video referees can take from that because he was basically saying without saying it we should have used some common sense here mm. but how they get the Stephen Crichton one wrong mm. with the incredible um, technology they yeah. supposedly have in the bunker yeah. as I said you know they used yeah. to be up in the grandstand looking at an old black and white TV <laughs> um, how do you get that right how do you not see that he's grounded the ball. I don't know. It's 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 like I don't know. It's it's like they make it up sometimes, you know. Like uh, whatever. The, oh, this is too hard, you know. It just looks like it's not a try. Just I don't I don't get it either. I mean, you know, it's 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 quite bizarre how they come to some decisions. Some decisions are obviously yeah. fairly easy, but then you know there are tricky ones like that Stephen Crichton one that you know that could be seen as yeah. quite tricky to call. But and we can't say I'll oh, just get rid of the bunker because in that case it's still no try because uh, you know Ashley Klein sent that up as no try. Well, I wonder if Ashley Klein sent that up as a try. Does it get reviewed? Yeah, well, that's right. You, you know, know does, like, it, does it even get reviewed? That, like, this is the... And look, we all say, we've all said, every rugby league fan says, oh, what if this happens in a grand final? Uh, well, over the last 
two games, the Eels game and the um, and the Panthers game last week, it, it almost did. Yeah, like it's only, yeah. you know, we're very close to it happening in a grand final. Yeah, it can. And, and I don't know, is it the fact that we've got, you know, all these different referees in the bunker, that some of them have got different interpretations or some yeah. really go by the rules and and, and some don't? Um, I, I just don't know what, uh, what to expect on Sunday. We do have Grant Atkins in the boss, my former high school teacher yeah. as well. So hi, Grant, if you're listening. <laughs> um, but we almost need a, a, a panel in the uh, in, in the bunker, you know, like two one basically, you know, we've got three yeah, of them in there yeah. and, and a two one because it's potentially. It would be imagine sitting in the bunker, just you're you're alone in there. <laughs> yeah, look, it would be a the world oh, on your you, shoulders. I think you know. I think about that. I do think about that sometimes. Oh, it's quiet. Bunker here you are in, Redford. in here you are in Redford. <laughs> you know, kilometres away, 10, 20 kilometres yeah, away yeah. from Sydney Olympic Park. You know, like. You're a referee, so you know what's happening on the field. You know the crowd. Oh, yeah. You're sitting there waiting for you to make this decision. But then you're thinking, um, like, oh, how's everyone's reaction going to be? What's the media going to say after it? What's the fans yeah. going to say? There'd be that much pressure that you just... I think I'd want either Fox or Channel 9 in my ear. Yeah, what does Joey think? What's I, Joey think always thought, I always thought, I'm like, can they hear the, the commentary there to get a bit of advice? But uh, obviously they don't. I mean, so. I mean Gus would be ruling... Ruling <laughs> no tries, tries every day of the week. But um, yeah, look, let's hope it's not decided by that. We do know Ashley Klein is the referee for the decider. I don't think it mattered who was who got the whistle this week. There was going to be some controversy over it. Um, you mentioned Grant Atkins there. I think Grant Atkins is the best referee in the yeah. NRL at the moment. But I think that it was pretty clear the NRL, we saw it during Origin, experience is what they needed here. Yeah. And, and throwing Grant Atkins into that, clearly wasn't the appetite wasn't there for the NRL yeah. because he has been the best and most consistent referee and I believe he lets games flow better than anyone he deserves he deserves his chance and, and hopefully one day I mean he hasn't done a state of origin yet either no. Grant but one thing I do like about Grant he is very good in the bunker like he that that, that is one of his strengths as well like yeah. he's quite smart and professional and, and to the point in the bunker as well so he's a very um, switched on guy so hopefully um, you know if they do have to go to the bunker on, on Sunday he, he comes up with the right decision Let's hope so. Oh, let's hope the referees aren't deciding this one. Look, it's funny. The case tends to be, we always talk about, the case tends to be that in the biggest games like Origin and the Grand Final, that we don't end up talking about the referee afterwards. Mm. Maybe don't talk camera that from, from 2019. But, um, <laughs> we, we tend to be in those positions. Although, we're not uh, foreign to Grand Final controversies. Remember the, the penalty try to Melbourne in the early stages of the, the 2020 Grand Final? Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so... Maybe I'll take that back. Maybe there is potential referee dramas emerging. Um, now let's talk about uh, the the schedule for Sunday for those heading out there um, to a core stadium. You're heading out there, of course. Now you mentioned to me, and I'm heading out there too, I should point out, but Nathan is heading out there very early. He's very keen to see this NRLW decider uh, between Parramatta and Newcastle. Now, um, Big upset in the NRL. Let's talk the NRLW just for a minute because that, mm. and as we go through the schedule because that was a big upset last week. Parramatta. Uh, <laughs> now, I know we're laughing here, but we're yeah, laughing yeah, because yeah. of the weirdness of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parramatta only won one regular season game in the entire competition. <laughs> yeah. Then they knock um, uh, the Roosters, the minor premiers, who hadn't lost a game out. Yeah. And they're in a grand final. This is, it's a bizarre situation for the Eels. Yeah, it's quite incredible. Imagine being an Eels player and, you know, all you need to do this year was win one regular season game and a finals game and you make a grand final. They must be absolutely stoked at the moment. But, um, look, I think uh, I think Newcastle have shown this year that they're, they're, they're quite strong as well and they, um, they're they led by the great Millie Boyle, who yep. me and you are both big fans of, actually. And uh, I just... Yeah, I just think she's probably going to lead those Knights to, to victory on Sunday. While the Eels, you know, did well to get this far. I just don't think they've got another miracle win in them that will see them win the comp. But hey, if they're going to win a premiership on Sunday, it might as well be the NRLW, <laughs> right? Well, let's go through it. The gates open at 1 o'clock. You will be there with our fellow um, reporter Peter <laughs> yes. Lang, of course, waiting for the gates to go up there at 1 o'clock. <laughs> After you've caught your train out there. Now, 1.20pm, we have the state championship grand final. Now, that mm. will see the Panthers. They're playing the North Devils. Yeah, you know much um, about the North Devils. <laughs> look, I don't see a lot of the Queensland Cup. Uh, no. Nine doesn't show a lot of the Queensland Cup oh, into okay. Sydney. Right. Um, but I do know that the Penrith uh, New South Wales Cup team is very, very strong, having won uh, the, the premiership there, beat the Bulldogs last weekend. Um, now, at 3.20, the NRLW has its own pre-match entertainment. Uh, Mahalia Barnes, part of that. Oh, fantastic. Uh, that's followed by the NRLW Grand Final itself. All of this, both on 9 and Fox. Uh, NRLW at 3.55. 
Now at 6.30, we've got the pre-game show in the NRL. That will include the uh, retiring players. That will include the uh, the Jimmy Barnes is oh, performing, of course. Great. Barnes, you know, I believe, um, I've been told this week, Barnes, he performed at the 2001 Grand Final, which the Eels lost. So <laughs> okay. let's hope that that's some that's sort a, of... A weird, uh, weird omen yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. During the week. I'll take any omens. Is he going to do your The Voice as well? Or week, uh, no, I a bit of rock do, DJ? Surely he'll do simply the best. You think, um, you think he has to, right? Yeah. Look, you know what? I think Jimmy Barnes is a fine No, choice. Troy. You don't like it? No. I mean, I, I will say this. Obviously, the I AFL. Deal with that. The AFL. <laughs> sensation. And Robbie Williams was brilliant. Brilliant. No, no one said a bad it, word about it. Absolutely brilliant. You Legend. Know? Um, and I love it. He comes out and he says, hey, I'm Robbie Williams. I'm about to be phenomenal for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, like, he he's brilliant. And we've come up with Jimmy Barnes. But I feel like it's not the NRL's worst ever. <laughs> Free match entertainment. Look, they could have got Shepard back in or something like that. Well, the thing about entertainment, look, and I get it, the Super Bowl, we all talk about it. Yeah, yeah. AFL Grand Final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Grand Final sold out at about 10.20am on Tuesday. Like, does it sell out any later? No. I I could go out there with a ukulele and the Grand Final would have still (laughs) sold out. Does it matter? Uh, no, it probably doesn't matter, but they've had these last few years there where they weren't able to get international acts in yeah. uh, because of COVID. So I think we had Amy Shark in 2020, and I'm yep. not sure who they had up in Brisbane, probably the Veronicas or something like that. But, um, you know, it, it definitely could have, you know, they could have just did that. They could have got a Jack Harlow in there or something like that. Like they got oh, Macklemore in a few years ago and it was fantastic. It was like one of the best shows they'd had in a long time. I just think... I don't know, the NRL's got this obsession with... And it's not a bad thing supporting Australian music or anything like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're paying a, you're paying a pretty decent amount to, to go to the football. And I know you're there for the game, but yep. it's all about the experience and the build-up. And, you know, if the AFL can woo Robbie Williams yeah, over yeah, down yeah. under and put on an amazing show, then the NRL should be able to as well. Who are you calling for? Jack Harlow. Well, he, he was very popular during those yeah, last few yeah. months where the Fox yeah. used him in a, in a few promotions yeah, yeah. and things like that. But, you know, that sort of calibre of star that you could probably I've got a few nail. I've CDs on my shelf. I'm sure, sure you do. Yeah. I mean, I know Bruno Mars is coming out in a, in, in yeah, a week or out. two, but oh, get, him sure get him out. I'm sure Peter Belandis would be happy to perform you for know, Peter Belandis. Like... What did Peter Belandis call him? <laughs> Bruno Stickers or something. I don't Cherry know. Bruno Cherry Ripe. Cherry Ripe. Look, I mean, yeah, sure, Barnsley will be great. I just, I, I, I just, it feels like it wasn't that long ago we saw him. I think he chiseled, him and Cole Chisel did yeah, something. 2015, 2015 yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, we're rolling out these guys again. And yeah. Look, I will admit, I, I was semi-deflated, but not <laughs> devastated, because I actually knew who Jimmy Barnes was, which which is, you know, for me, sometimes the pretty much entertainment that doesn't happen. 7.30 kickoff. If you think the game is kicking off at 7.30, you live on another planet. Um, I reckon it'll probably kick off at about 7.40 by the time we get out there, do the National Anthem, Melinda Chidzi from Moulin Rouge, the musical performing that. Now, coverage. Um, all day on Channel 9, I think 7am, they're basically declaring their coverage begins because the Today Show will be live from a course oh, stadium. That's, that's good. Uh, then you've got Sport Sunday, the Sunday footy show, the two lower grade games, the NRL Grand Final and the presentation. Uh, now, Fox League, uh, what are they, uh, for what are those of us who um, enjoy Fox League, uh, <laughs> one o'clock, uh, they'll be on air. I believe they're showing some Penrith Parrot Classics in the morning um, and also some um, um, specials on, on different Grand Final legends from over there. Right. Years. Uh, so my guy tells me. And then uh, from 1 o'clock, Lara Pitt leads the coverage uh, all the way through the lower grade grand finals. But it's uh, 6.30. Uh, it'll be a studio-based preview for other good people at Fox. And uh, so no coverage over, of the game live. Switch over to Channel 9 as soon as you can, folks. Well, if you want to watch the game live, um, Fox is not the place to do it. Um, and maybe that'll change in the future, but it's certainly not changing now. But they are providing... Uh, in studio, halftime and full time analysis. So I don't know who actually. Fl- I'd love to know who the person is. <laughs> Switch it over. Who at halftime flicks over the fox? <laughs> That's something you would do if you were at home. <laughs> <laughs> I may be the person. Now, just on this, interesting that Penrith um, mm. hold a little bit of history here. Penrith was, of course, Ray Warren's last game. We didn't know it at the time, but Ray Warren called his final game of rugby league um, in last year's grand final. Um, the famous line about Stephen Crichton um, away with the Premiership. Yes. Uh, this year, Matt Thompson calls his first. And again, it involves the Penrith Panthers. You caught up with Matt Thompson during the week. How's he feeling ahead of uh, Grand Final Day yeah, look, on Sunday? Look, Matt's, uh, Matt's, Matt's pretty pumped about it. I mean, he uh, for people that don't know, Matt Thompson, um, he's sort of been with Channel 9 for, for a number of years now. And even when Ray Warren was there, he was sort of the, the backup commentator to Ray. He'd do a game every weekend. But now he's got the... Uh, 
the keys to the box and uh, Matt runs the show now. We saw him do State of Origin earlier this year and he did a fine job of that and he's uh, he's obviously back for, for the grand final, his first one. Now, people might not know that Matt's actually from the Penrith area. He was born and bred here. He lived in St. Clair, Gilmore Park, um, you know, had a big involvement with Penrith cricket over the years as well. So he's actually a, a Penrith boy. He's, he says he's going to remain impartial uh, on Sunday, which he has to, but um, we, we, we all know that, you know, I'm sure if Matt could pick a team to win, it probably will be the Panthers because because of that affiliation to the area. But yeah, he, he's absolutely stoked to be doing this. He's He, he said he's, he's, he's called a lot of these teams this year already, so he knows what to expect. And um, yeah, he said to me on Friday that, He's going to be starting all his his research and planning and and whatever interesting angles and historical notes and and what stuff he can uh, he can pull out during the call. He's going to have a great all star commentary team next to him of uh, an expert panel that of players that have been there before. I'm not sure who's going to be there yet. Well, it's funny you say this because you're bringing this up. I you believe this up. Let's see. I believe I've got all the details of all the right. nine broadcast for you for for you who Let's are watching at uh, nine. Now, I didn't mention to you. That um, seven o'clock with the Today Show, Sports Sunday, all of that—that's all. That's all happening um, now. Channel Nine. Uh, this is who they've got in the lineup. They've got. Uh, let me bring this through now. The Sunday Footy Show. Uh, obviously, Danica Mason, Andrew Johns, Billy Slater, Brad Fittler. Uh, they'll be talking to uh, Darren Lockyer, Sam Thiday, Emma Lawrence, Ron Sims, Cameron Smith, Alana Ferguson, Sunny Bill Williams, wow. and Paul Gallen. What a team um, on that one now. Um, Phil Gould and Peter Basaltis will be calling the state championship grand oh, final. I love that. Um, and Emma Lawrence and Alana Ferguson will be on the sideline for that one. The NRLW grand final. Uh, Peter Basaltis will call that one uh, with Ruan Sims and Alana Ferguson in commentary. Darren Lockyer <laughs> and Emma Lawrence will be on the touchline there. Uh, now, nine say they will take all the uh, pre-match entertainment with Jimmy uh, Diesel, of course, Josh Teske, Emma Donovan, Bliss and Esso. Um, and whatnot. Um, now then, um, the pre-game panel. A lot of people care about this stuff. Uh, yes. James Bracey, Billy Slater, Jonathan Thurston, and Cameron Smith. Ooh. Now during the game, we'll have Matt Thompson with Andrew Johns and Cameron Smith. Wow. Brad Fittler and Danica Mason on the touchline, which means we have no field gold during commentary for the grand final. Uh, post-match, you will have Gus. He'll be on deck to, uh, to review it all. Uh, with Bracey, of course, Brad Fittler, Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Jonathan Thurston, Darren Lockyer, and Paul Gallen. So it's a busy night. No fat man? On Channel 9. Uh, no, looks like Fatty is uh, rested up. for the Grand Final. He's been rested. And, um, yeah, he's been <laughs> rested for the last game of the year. Uh, and as I say, Gus, not in commentary, which I think is uh, probably where we're at now. As far yeah, as I mean, he hasn't really been commentating too much in the final series as well. I've been watching a lot of the Nine coverage, and, you know, he, he has been... You know, on the coverage, on the panel, before or after kickoff, but uh, yeah, they've kept him out of the box because you've just got you've just got too many good analysis at, at nine at the moment. You've got the great Joey Johns, you've got Cameron Smith, and you've got obviously uh, Billy Slater and Thurston, all those guys who can provide expert commentary. So sorry, Gus. Now getting to the game, just uh, if you are heading out there, oh, uh, yeah. just a quick note: be us. That, uh, there's obviously uh, frequent train services um, happening all day, including from Penrith. So that's the way to go. Get out there on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, think that'll be... There's free travel as well if you've yep. got a grand final ticket, so you don't have to worry about paying. You don't have to wear a mask anymore if you don't want no, to. No, don't have to They're swipe off. the old Opal card no. or anything like that. All that's off. Straight on. Now, if you are, if you are driving, um, good luck. You should have already <laughs> pre-booked it, though, because um, I think P1 would be sold out. Um, and uh, if you're getting What hearing, about P0? Well, yeah, I wonder if... Do, do, our, do our listeners know about P0? Yeah, do you think Matt Thompson has a P0? <laughs> I should have asked him yesterday, Rab actually. Rab certainly. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what uh, that's how you get out there. And, of course, if you want to watch it in Penrith but not at home, we have Panthers. They've got an event um, happening down in the basement for 20 bucks. Yep, beautiful. Um, and I think that's a live site at St Mary's. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure it'll be... Uh... <laughs> That'll be a great place to watch to go at Coachman's Park. <laughs> great. What are you, what are you going to <laughs> what, are, what are you going to get in St Mary's? Why don't you put your tickets up on eBay and, and, and you know, you might be able to go to that instead. No, no, I, look, I will say, I think it's very good <laughs> no, the council, good uh, the council are putting on a, uh, why can't we have one in, in the in eastern in, part of the yeah, city? What about in Penrith as well? well I, think like, a, I think council probably thinks that's up to Panthers. If they want to do a live site, sure. that's up to them. Council's looking after their, our friends in St Mary's at Coachman's Park. I reckon it'll be a big event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to send a reporter down. We, we might send you down <laughs> to uh, check that out instead of going to the game. <laughs> oh, 
Nathan thought of St Mary's there. Big fan. He's actually a big fan of St Mary's. I do like Queen Street. Good you, you, I've got evidence of you yeah, saying yeah, yeah, yeah. you were blown away. A lot of our ice fires come Street. from Queen Street, folks. So if in doubt, it's Queen Street. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Now, uh, well, look, that's that's almost it. Uh, we are very close, of course, to the grand final being played on uh, on Sunday night. Um, in terms of the Clive Churchill medal, yep. everyone seems to be talking about Dylan Edwards. <laughs> no, um, they love him. Now, you, though, yeah. uh, as I, I'm going to look at our fearless pretty. We have a, a section in the paper here where we've talked to, I don't know, 20 of the best uh, analysts. I think we've caught some good ones this year. Um, in the game. And I look at people like uh, Stuart Ayres. Uh, Stuart Ayres is one of our fearless uh, predictions this yep. week. Autograph um, signer, Stuart Ayres. Yep, Stuart Ayres went uh, Panthers by 11. He actually went Isaiah Yo, So he went a bit left field because um, we have Vossi, who went Dylan Edwards. Matt Elliott, the former Panthers coach, who went Dylan Edwards. Uh, Matt Russell from Fox went Dylan Edwards. Luke Prittis, the Clive Churchill medal winner himself, went Dylan Edwards. Jamie Soward went Dylan Edwards. Our man. Um, I went Dylan Edwards. Uh, Big Nev, the legend that he is, he went <laughs> Dylan Edwards. Jeez. Um, everyone's gone Dylan Edwards here, uh, but you don't believe that that'll be the case. Uh, you've gone away from Dylan. Yeah, look, I have gone away from Dylan. I just thought, um, I just thought if Penrith are gonna are gonna win this game, it's gonna be on the back of uh, some Nathan Cleary brilliance. And yeah, while it's a bit cliche and a safe bet to say Nathan Cleary is gonna win back to back Clives, I just think. You know, if Nathan's on, Penrith are winning this this decider. So, yeah, I went Nath to, to win back-to-back clients. But I don't mind um, Mr. Ian Garten's tip there of Appy Coruscant. Yes, yes. That is a sneaky good tip. I like that. It's not um, it's not one of the common ones. but free cheeseburgers for everyone. If, if I think I think some. Mr. Garten should yeah. definitely, <laughs> definitely unleash some cheeseburgers if he gets that right. But that is a really good tip. He, he could also win it as well. So I think it's someone in the uh, in the spine for me. How busy, can I just say, on how busy will Panthers Mackers be on, uh, on Sunday night? <laughs> Sunday night. They might have to do a recruitment drive wow. before. Uh, it is going to be very busy there, no doubt about that. Look, I think Dylan Edwards, because I've just watched too much rugby league mm. in terms of the the momentum and excitement that gets around a player. Yeah, okay. And where that's currently at, I think all Dylan has to do is make sure he catches every well, ball and he probably question, What does he need to do? Uh, like, I just think that the way rugby league works in that mind space, you know, where you mm. give often that award or different awards goes to players, even men of the match awards in club games, uh, because they've had all the attention on them, as long as they don't do anything wrong, yeah, they often yeah. tend to get it. And I just think that I just got a feeling that, that Nathan's kicking game is going to be a little bit affected uh, by Parramatta coming at him. Now, I, don't, I believe we'll overcome that. I mean, we're not stupid. We know that that's what's going to happen. I suggested I think we'll have a lot of fourth tackle kicks. I think, so I'm not sure that... I think Nathan will have probably the biggest impact on the game, but I just have a feeling that Eddie might get it. I don't mind the Isaiah Yo selection. To be honest, okay, okay. From both um, Zach Bailey... I oh know, from... Um, Airsy. Stuart Ayres and Danica Mason both went Isaiah Yo. Um, I think Isaiah Yo. If Penrith are on top in the in the forwards, it's potentially because Isaiah Yo is um, is unlocking some stuff there in the middle. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, we've got um, plenty of coverage for you online at westernweekender.com.au. You can also uh, check out the forty-four page commemorative edition um, of the paper that's out now. You just hit up uh, westernweekender.com.au/slash/get-a-paper to see where you can get yours. Um, it's free, right? You just pick one up. It's 100% free. You can pay if, pay if you want to. Just, you know, <laughs> Leave a donation. Send it, send it our way. Leave a pledge. <laughs> go to westernweekend.com.au slash pledge <laughs> if you want to pledge to support uh, local news. But look, let's hope the, uh, the Panthers get up on Sunday. Um, what's the final word? <laughs> uh, I think we'll be winning, Troy. That's the final yeah. word for well, me. I think we'll be winning as well. And I, I'm actually surprisingly confident and not all that nervous despite us playing against Paramount. I'll, uh, I'll send you a text at about quarter past seven and see how you're feeling, right? Uh, by then, I'll be feeling uh, very nervous. <laughs> and very relaxed, I'm yeah, sure. I will be. <laughs> all right, thank you very much for tuning in. Westernweekend.com.au. Hit us up on all the socials as well and go the Panthers. Go the boys.